Welcome to the Peace at Home podcast. I'm your co-host, Sinan. And I'm Jamie. And we have a special guest. Oh, wait, before I go on, the music is by our friend Jordan. I got yes. it. I nailed it. Nailed it. I'm back. <laughs> See, I remember when I'm hungover, but I forget when I'm actually fine. Anyway, uh, we're also joined by a very special guest. Uh, Alistair, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, yeah, I'm Alistair. I'm, also, I'm on uh, Jamie's other podcast, Podcasting is Praxis. Yeah, and I probably will end up back on Podcasting's Praxis at some point with some horrible thing to tell everyone about, as usual. Yeah. There's always another book, and it's always worse than the one before. I've actually I'm, got... I'm, oh, sorry. I'm sick, sick of the books. We should get you on to talk about new Star Trek. Yes. No, I'm, I'm 100%. I'm 100% down to talk about new Star Trek. I was, um, was going to say, I've got Rob on to talk about a book on the stream uh, this month. Uh, but the thing is, Liz Truss has sort of immolated in such a spectacular fashion that it might not be relevant by the time we have the stream. So <laughs> I'm really hoping Liz Truss clings on for just a little bit into November so that, I, so that it's just relevant enough. My favourite thing is whenever we record something and literally on the day of posting the, uh, the actual episode, it is, you know, it's old news. Like, fucking... It's the podcaster's curse. Like, it, it genuinely... Because you have to edit this shit up. You know, like, people, people, oh, you don't know. We have to edit this shit. I don't know, it sounds like I'm just rambling for hours and hours and hours, but that's just seamless editing skills. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I kind of I want to imagine the listener who complains that I talk too much on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we have one who thinks that, and I hope they yeah. hate it. Um... <laughs> well, it would be a good podcast, except for all the fucking lefties on it. Yeah, I, I have genuinely had um had someone say, "Man, if only these people weren't communists." <laughs> like, <laughs> or, or, of course, we've had people say we're not communist enough. In one case, famously, uh, I mean that mean that's how you know you truly are on the left. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that was the confirmation for me. Yeah, <sighs> well, we'll have to do a diversity hire and like get a right wing comedian on, fucking Andrew Lawrence or something. No, you need, to, you, need, you need to get that prick off of um, the, the MASH report, whose name I can never remember. Jeff Norcott. Oh, yeah, him. Oh, I just, MASH reports remind me of the Daily MASH and the fact that it's written by, a lot of it is written by a person who's from Reading and lives in, lived in Nottingham. <laughs> and so a lot of people do seem to think I'm that guy. Um, or are, did are you least. not? I'm not, no. <laughs> so um, you're telling me that you've never written for the MASH report? I've actually never written for the MASH report. That's... Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just impressed that that was actually Jeff Norcott because I've never watched the uh, the Mash report. Yeah, I don't know and, who the uh, fuck people are to be honest. I just guessed I just guessed another right wing comedian. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's the other one, and I, I've I've definitely said this before on a uh, on a uh, podcast in his practice. But but the first time I saw him on there, I thought he was just doing a really like a really really good bit. But no, he yeah. actually thinks those things. Yeah. God damn. I don't even know any of these people's names. I just know them by their horrible Twitter avatars if they've got Twitter. Oh, it's like Andrew, Lawrence of... with his, Andrew Lawrence with his little black demon child eyes. He looks like <laughs> he looks like a cartoon shark, but if you try to draw them as a human. That's yeah. what he looks like. It's fucking disconcerting in so many ways. He's, he's Jaws' as man sauna. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I've just, I've just, I've just, I've just looked at my Twitter notifications, and I've just remembered that that fucking dipshit is having day four of a meltdown over a cartoon alien. Oh god, 
I'm sorry to people who wanted to hear about the sort of the new Turkish government that we introduced in the last episode. But I, I'm very hungover, so this is going to happen for a little bit. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, I'm going to leave it in. Fuck it. They can. We may as well just show the background of why we're so miserable today. <laughs> I mean, is that is that not readily apparent? Living living in Britain. I mean, I mean, yeah. I I did set the podcast location on Twitter as hell. So, <laughs> and where was the lie? To be honest. Oh god, right. So Alistair, Hell Hell probably has better healthcare than this. Yeah, probably. But you gotta remember Thatcher's in hell, so actually maybe not. <laughs> as, as Jeremy Corbyn learned when he played that Doom mod. Yeah. I mean you could tell you could tell the country was in like a fucking do you know what I mean? In a in a crisis, in a serious crisis, because that didn't boil anywhere near as much piss as it would have done two weeks ago. Yeah, every, everyone, it turns out Liz Trust is the only cure for Corbin derangement syndrome, and it's to give everyone a derangement syndrome about her. Yeah. Which, whichever one, like, they stack overflow again into being mad about Jeremy Corbyn, because for some reason, Liz Trust and Jeremy Corbyn, the exact same person, except oh. one's a Tory and one's left wing. <laughs> These two things, they're the same to me. And no, I will not look at this horseshoe. That you're throwing at Wow, so, <laughs> so you're telling me it took me three days, it took uh, Liz Trust three days to completely explode her entire political platform, and it took a, a sustained assault over the course of four to five years to destroy the other guys? Yeah, those two things oh, sound exactly the same. Yeah, anyway, uh, enough about my future YouTube video uh, about uh, folk, de- folk devils, uh, which I'm doing. <laughs> I actually am, that is a real thing. Um, it, I, I did that video on Moral Panics, and now I'm like, well, I want to do a sequel to it, but I let the idiots on my Patreon vote for, for the topics, so they never picked the right one. Uh, oh. Sorry sorry if you subscribe to that Patreon as well. Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, I mean, we've, we've only ever, have a, ever had good outcomes from uh, polls that we've put to, put to the fans, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I suggested, I opened up the suggestions on the stream, like what the new uh, what the new subscriber goal would be because I um I got my sixty nine new subscribers and now I have to read nice. the Ju- now I have to read the Julie Birchall Substack sex novel live oh. with Mick, possibly with Mick Wright possibly with another guest I've got people on the hook for that people people who owe me a big favor basically <laughs> um, so that's gonna be fun but this time it's a hundred new subscribers and I'm gonna do a live chest waxing. Oof. That sounds. Oh, that honestly sounds better than the Julie Burchill thing. Yeah, I'm gonna compare the two, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone which one was better. But I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna sort of wax the sort of because the because the hair on my chest is black. We're gonna wax the Cornish flag into my chest. I think that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's that's what we're gonna do with it. Um, Incredible. Anyway, technical difficulties aside, uh, I was gonna ask Alistair. Um, Let's see. What was I going to ask? I fucking I'm so hungover. Fuck my life. Uh, <laughs> what? Any any good hangover cures that I know of? Uh... No, I just what I've done is I've just drunk a can of like uh, orange marinda and I've taken like a shit ton of painkillers. So if I like pass out during the recording, you'll know why. Uh, <laughs> look, it's fine. Everything's fine. Okay, I just had and and my partner's away. And basically, as I explained in the group chat, I've been living fourteen year old me's dream. But it turns out fourteen-year-olds are fucking idiots. Well, I mean, you say that, but uh, one of, one of the uh, <laughs> greatest uh, hangover cures that I can think of is just to smoke a heroic amount of weed before you go to bed the night before. 
yeah, I can't really do that in this flat. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just picturing you in Home Alone. <laughs> I, why do people keep saying that about me being, like, on my own when my partner's away? People keep saying this to me, and I don't understand why. But maybe it's the crushing hangover and the terrible notes and stuff like that. And the <laughs> distressing number of men who are trying to break into your home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, through the one door. Um, I mean, it'd make it easy to booby trap, to be fair. Yeah, it was, it was quite easy to do that. It was also easy to booby trap myself in that case. Putting a metal bucket full of glue on the door and then just opening it on myself because I've forgotten it's there. Uh, that would suck. I've got long hair. That would be a really bad thing. Anyway, as I was going to ask, what do you know about 1950s Turkey? What do you know about it? Do you know anything about it? I know that it was a country in the 1950s. There you go. What do you know about the Korean War? Do you know anything about the Korean War at all? I've I heard that there's been a number of those. Hmm. What do you know about the one that happened in the 50s? The bit, the main bit of it? Uh, would it surprise you to hear that I know very little? No, I don't think it would. But in the bonus, after the bonus, you'll know a lot, because I'm going to tell you all of the shit my granddad told, told me about the Korean War, having been sent to Korea as part of the Turkish Brigade, which sounds like the most horrible brigade you could be a part of. That's, that's something to look forward to in the bonus. But I will provide some background, obviously. So, listeners... Uh, listeners who probably know more about the background here, you will recall last episode we had the most hilariously rigged election in history happen, uh, where they they took the ballots and burned them immediately after, but and then announced the result, which was completely fine. No one asked any questions about it at the time. You know, yeah. They I mean, were, if was, anything, was... at least that's at least that's more honest than what we get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a practice election anyway. No one thinks it was a free and fair election. Not even like the diehards of the party who won think it was free and fair. They're just like, yeah, we did rig that shit. What are you going to do? It was the 50s. No, it wasn't even the 50s. It was the 40s. Then we had the actual election, the first actual election. And this new party came on the block called the Democrat Party. And yeah, it's exactly as bad as it sounds. Uh, came in and just won a fucking landslide. They curb stomped our old friends, the Republican People's Party, which means. We have a brand new prime minister. That's fun. Is it, so uh, just is it a Turkish quick... Joe Biden? Uh, no. I was going to say, the, so is this the Democrat Party? Is this the most right-wing iteration of whatever party that has uh, come before so in Turkey? We, so I kind of explained this in the last episode, but I'll explain it again. So this party's kind of a successor to the sort of the parties they tried to form during the one-party period when they were pretending to sort of have a go at democracy, and then they shut them down immediately because they were like, nope, nope, not having it. So those were like the Republican, the Progressive Republican Party and the Free Republican Party. And they were basically like liberal. They were, they, they were mainly like angry that the government had, one, like restricted Islam too much. They were like, why, why have you restricted Islam this much? I, I can't believe that you would do this, having said that you would do this, and we were members of your party while you did it, and voted for it. It's a very fucking Toryish way to go about stuff, actually, when you think about it. Just be like, I am so surprised that my, the things I voted for have consequences? What? More to the point, consequences <laughs> that affect yourself, yeah. Yeah, like, there's a lot of that going on. But, but yeah, this, this Democrat Party was founded by four melts. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't call them melts. That's a very British-specific description of someone. But there were four politicians who, in the sort of in the nineteen forties, put forward a, a sort of uh, 
a motion, a bill, a letter, if you like, saying that they just wanted to have more democracy in free markets and uh, and that the and that the that power should be decentralized in Turkey. And then only four MPs signed it, and everyone else was like, uh, "No, we don't. We don't want that." Actually, uh, it turns out uh, we don't, we we we all hate those things, so fuck off. Yeah. And they got expelled <laughs> from the party. This is at a time when the party that was in charge sent its own MPs to be in opposition to form a political grouping called, and I'm going to repeat this because it bears repeating, the Independent Group. <laughs> oh, so there's a... Well, actually, no, they wouldn't be back. This is, the, this is, a, is this a sister party that we never knew about? This is the first one. This is the original party. This is what I choose to believe they named themselves after. <laughs> but the <laughs> Chuck Omana, actually uh, a big 1950s turkey head. Well, actually, this is 1940s, kind of, but it was, we're kind of recapping. But the, but yeah, there is a Wikipedia page for the independent group Brackets Turkey. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's outrageous. They were first. They should just be the independence group, and then like our idiots should have to have Brackets British. Group, brackets Hell Island. <laughs> brackets Piss Island. <laughs> I keep saying Piss Island and it sounds like Piss Island. And I want to assure people that while I call Island Piss Island on my stream, it is not in as derogatory a fashion as I mean it for Britain. As we be very clear, it's mainly because a lot of Ireland on GeoGuessr just looks like Britain. For, some, for reasons that are completely yeah, beyond imagine. my comprehension. Can't imagine why that, that happens. Someone yeah. should look into that. Yeah, so like, it's like those fucking YouTube... I'm getting recommended YouTube videos with like, why is Ireland's population so low? And I'm like, oh, isn't that an interesting question? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just completely it's stumped. Because, it's because there aren't enough Irish entrepreneurs. That's what my explanation's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are the? Yeah, like some of them do look like they'll take on the tone of like, why are the Irish unable to fuck? Ah, uh, but yeah. So we've got the Democrat Party, which yeah is the most right-wing uh, political party in Turkey at this time. Well, actually, no, it's the second most in 1950 because they actually managed to find a more right-wing party in 1950, which we talked about last night. Uh, not last night. Fuck it. Fuck it. I probably did talk about it last night. Who the fuck knows what I was on about <laughs> after that many beers? But like. It's the nation party. Yeah, we're, we're all on the beers talking about the, the most right-wing party in uh, Turkish political history. Yeah. Well, this is not the most right-wing party in Turkish political history. That comes much later. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure there's a political party that explicitly said that... No, there is a political party that explicitly said, if you have a non-Turkish partner, you're no longer Turkish. You should have your citizenship revoked. <laughs> wow. Just, I, wonder, okay. I wonder what that reminds people of. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a... That party's named after some random ass valley in Mongolia as well. It's really fucking disconcerting in so many ways. I'm not even... The thing is, I said that, and I'm now thinking, I'm not even convinced it's the most right-wing party in the country's history. Like, I'm still not exactly convinced that's the case. I have to think about it. But yeah, they formed this party called the Nation Party. Uh, you might think, oh, Nation Party, that sounds fine. Uh, no, well, no, no, I, I might no. not. No, you might not, yeah. <laughs> yeah um... Yeah, because they, they go on to sort of merge with a party called the Republican Nation Party, which goes on, which means that you now have a Republican Villagers Nation Party. And you might be... <laughs> is, is, is this a theme in uh, Turkish pol like, political history where names just get increasingly, like, esoteric and verbose? Yeah, it's a little bit like that. And obviously this... Uh, so people who listen to the bonus episode might recall a gentleman called Arpaslan Turkesh, who was... Uh, 
who was court-martialed from the Turkish military for being too racist, but ended up getting off on the racism charge and was just accused of trying to overthrow the government. If you, if you want the summary of the court judgment, it was that overthrowing the government's illegal, but racism is legal. So if you, well, if it's you nice to have that kind of thing in writing. Yeah, it's, it was it's just like, confirmed. It's like barefoot in that respect. Hmm. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> barefoot and racism is legal. <laughs> the, weird, the weirdest fucking search on uh, Pornhub. <laughs> Turkish. No, no, you don't want to search Turkish nationalists. Barefoot is legal. That's going to lead you to some dark shit, probably. Um, but they go on to form a party that exists to this day called the Nationalist Movement Party. Whose, whose members did not recognize that Kurdish people existed until 2004. I've got to be honest, I'm not entirely encouraged by any of these names. Yeah. Yeah, none of these names make me feel good. I mean, if you want to see, like, really horrible historical Turkish political party names, there's a whole Wikipedia page about them, because political parties come and go all the time in Turkey. In fact, I've got the page open now, and I've just seen the Electronic Democracy Party, or E-Party, which <laughs> E-Party sounds much more fun than what that party actually was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those uh, fucking email cards that you can get people, except it's politics. Well, here's a nice sounding party, the Peace Party. I can't wait to click on it and find out it was a fascist party. Was it a fascist party? Let's see. Uh, oh, spiritual leftism was its ideology. <laughs> Excuse me? Spiritual leftism and red Shiism. Oh, wow. That's like a very specific Islamic thing. It's so specific, I can't even begin to like think of what that would, what that would mean <laughs> in like, as a political program. But yeah, the point is that they, they, they weren't the most right-wing party. They were, they were occupying the traditional center-right ground, which is why their entire election campaign in 1950 was based on we will do the racism in a way that our allies approve of. <laughs> Ah, respectable racism. Because if you recall, listeners and Jamie, I don't know if Alice has listened, there was this thing called the wealth tax, which suspiciously yeah. only seemed to apply to people from minority backgrounds, mainly. It was really weird how that happened. Uh -huh. uh, and, and the allies in World War II got really angry at Turkey because what would happen if you couldn't pay the uh, wealth taxes, you would get sent to a work camp to pay off your tax debt. Which, uh... Christ. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not good. Uh, and then what would happen is uh, you you would you would work off your debt. Uh, half of your salary would go on to paying off your tax debt, which you know it's it's, it's it is fun to see like a nat like a country realizing that it turns out that if you put people in prison for being unable to pay their debt, it turns out they just become not very productive at all. Yeah, they they realize that. They can't actually pay the debt in that case because they can't work. But they, they basically <laughs> ran on the embarrassment. Basically, Turkey was embarrassed. And that's the worst thing that can happen to a country is social embarrassment. Yeah. Like, it's, what it's would a... the Americans think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would... The funny thing is America is one of the countries that specifically complained about this to Turkey. And if you recall, America had segregation at the time. I'm just walking. I'm just making a, <laughs> making sending a telegram to, from the whites only telegram station. Going, huh, Turkey's kind of cringe, huh, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was basically the kind of the vibe. And also, America insisted on segregating its like 
foreign div- divisions that it deployed in World War Two, which caused like the locals to go ballistic whenever they were based in Britain. I think there's like more than one recorded incident of like locals beating the shit out of American soldiers for trying to kick black people out of pubs. Like, there's more than one recorded incident of that happening, which is kind of amazing. They, I, I've, on the YouTube zone, I had to watch, like, this American uh, sort of, like, video for how to behave in Britain, your ally. And they, well, there was a whole section where they were like, look, you're going to see black people in places where you go. You need to be cool about it, because that's normal here. <laughs> imagine, imagine coming to Britain and it somehow being less racist than where you fucking come from. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's fucking insane. But this is kind of the background. And I I kind of, in the notes, wanted to make a joke about Liz Trust because sometimes, you know, you inherit crisis as a government, right? Yeah. And sometimes the government is the crisis. And, And this government very much inherited a bunch of very embarrassing things from the previous government. And also the fact that the Soviet Union was very, very big mad at it because they thought they were an Axis power. I mean, how how far wrong were they with that? Well, as it turns out, not massively wrong, but they were they were technically incorrect. So the Soviet Union took <laughs> the best kind of incorrect. Yeah, the Soviet Union took particular issue with Turkey being admitted into the UN because when the UN was formed, the criteria for entry was was at war with Nazi Germany. That's it. Yeah. So a bunch of countries towards the end of the war, end of the war just declared war on Nazi Germany. You know. Just, just right at the end, as the, as it, like in the final two months of the war, so they got into the UN. I uh, could you imagine? Could you imagine if uh, that was still a re- like a prerequisite of joining like the UN or like NATO <laughs> or something? And <laughs> you just have all these like nations that didn't even exist at the time having to declare war, just join, and then extremely right wing factions in <laughs> modern countries get extremely upset at having to de- declare war on their like ideological predecessors. <laughs> <laughs> So we have this new landslide government, which is a bit annoying for, uh, for the Democrat Party because the presidency didn't change at this point. The presidency and the parliament elections are done differently. So the president yeah. is elected by the parliament. And they also have, like, uh, they have a seven-year term. So Isma Inanu is still the president of the country, even though he just lost in a crushing landslide to the Democrat Party. Yeah, that's, that's how democracy works. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, if the elections are just held at different times, what are you going to do? But there's an extra problem here. So you might... We, we in the UK are about to have a new person on the money. Yeah. We're about to have a new person on the money. Have you, have you seen the fucking, uh, like, the preview of what that's going to look like, by the way? Yeah, no. they, they, they, they, they shrunk his ears down. <laughs> he's the, it's so fucking hilarious. It's like a caricature. <laughs> I'll try and find a picture of it, but fucking hell, it's so bad. Um, let's see if I can find a picture of King Charles Coin. Here we go. Oh, it's already being sold on fucking eBay. What the fuck? Uh, Here we go. Ah, well, I googled Prince Charles money, and the first result is about how he accepted a million pounds from the family of Osama bin Laden. So, <laughs> uh, is that good? <laughs> is that good? Is that is taking money from the bin Ladens good? Um. <laughs> He's still gone. It looks like, oh, we found someone's granddad and just stuck him on the coins. It looks like, imagine putting Captain Tom on a coin. <laughs> that's, that looks, that's what his family used to do. They just pelt coins at him so they would walk up and down that garden. Yeah, I mean, up. that is, that is, that looks like uh, Emperor Palpatine in a wind tunnel. What the fuck's going on with his face there? <laughs> awesome. 
Jamie, I can't believe how you pronounce Palpatine as well. (laughs) There's too many things killing me. We're we're so off topic. We're never going to get back on topic at this rate. Ah, I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) I'm just dying at like... The most exciting skiing can be found off piece. It's fine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that uh, that person who poured the liquid shit on the Captain Tom Memorial? Yeah. <laughs> Just primed to boil as much piss as possible. That is like precision engineered. You have to give them credit for it. I've seen people say it's an op, and I'm like, if it's an op, it's the funniest fucking op in the world. Yeah. A quite literal shit post in the real world. <laughs> To be fair, people were like, do you remember at the start of the pandemic when, you know, we started having masks and stuff and I found that website that made custom masks that would print whatever you want on it. And I got, I got Brendan Begins on it. <laughs> with like the Batman mask that was really long. And I posted a selfie with it. Everyone was like, I can't believe you've done this. I'm like, How, why not? I've said I was going to do it for weeks. <laughs> like, I specifically warned everyone I was going to have Brendan Begins on a mask. No one believed me. <laughs> yeah, well, that more fool them. Yeah, but the point of talking about the money is, so now in Turkey, on all the money, we have the same dude. It's Ataturk, right? That's what they probably want to do with the queen, to be honest. They want to have her on all the money forever. But they can't do that, because it would piss off uh, Charles, I guess. But it used to be that the sitting president was on all the money. So every seven or so years, in theory, this is what would have happened. They'd have to reissue all the money. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which is wildly impractical. But also, it was like very much a temporary solution because the Democrat Party were incredibly fucking pissed off at this because all of the money, every time they went to like pay their mistresses or whatever, they would just see Ismet Inonu's fucking face looking at them like, oh, really? Is this what you're spending your money on? Like, <laughs> you know, so they passed the law saying, actually, here's who's going to be on all the money, Ataturk, and no one could vote against it because, like, what are you going to do? Vote against the man's ghost? Like, yes. And even Isma Inunu had to be like, well, yes, you would. But even Isma Inunu had to be like, fine, I'm going to sign the bill. I don't want to be on the money anyway. Like, but yeah, that, that's what would have happened in theory. So basically, we would have had fucking Erdogan on the money right now if that had been allowed to still stick around. It would have been really embarrassing for everyone. God, I couldn't imagine his fucking profile on a coin. Yeah, but it'd be, they'd be like collector's items for fans of Middle Earth. Yeah, Lord of the Rings fans <laughs> flocking to Turkey to get money would golem on it <laughs> yeah i'm going i'm going on the uh, lord of the rings fans world tour first we stop off in new zealand then we on the way back we stop off at turkey yeah to see president golem in action god what a what a <laughs> fucking bizarre court case that was all of this is court cases all of its court cases all the way down i'm afraid that's but, Tur- turkey's main national export i think yeah i mean <laughs> I mean, my family have, like, at least some members of my family for a while had an insane court case of their own, which, yeah, the government wanted to buy some land off them, and then everyone immediately decided to stake a claim on the land. (laughs) Everyone, no matter how, how, like, ridiculous their claim was, just stuck stuck their aura in and basically gummed it up so much the government gave up on trying to buy it so no one got any money at all. System works. Uh, I love my family. None of them. None of them can ever figure this shit out. They can never figure out like how to leave well enough alone, and that's why we do. That's why I do this podcast, I guess. So, the domestic situation is basically you have inherited a bunch of very embarrassing things that you have to try and fix. It's kind of like being the Labour Party in a way. Yeah. 
it's a little bit like that. And there's also this looming crisis. Uh, let me introduce you to a place called Cyprus. You ever heard of this place called Cyprus, everyone? No, I, nope. I don't think so. Doesn't ring yeah, a bell. So Cy- Cyprus is this, uh, is this island off the coast of Syria and Turkey. And there are a lot of people there who speak Greek. Huh, weird. But there are also a lot of people... Yeah, it's weird. And there are also a lot of people there who speak Turkish. Uh, I'm sure there's a perfectly rational explanation for all of these weird circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also this other issue, which is that Cyprus is something called a crown colony. Uh, does, Mm. Does that mean Britain owns it? Yes, that means Britain owns it. And there's this little issue on the island, which is that Greek people believe in this thing called enosis, which is the Greek word for union or unity, so essentially that. And they want the island to join Greece. And Greek people are the majority on the island, so that might be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the Turkish people Cer- on the certainly island... Certainly don't, certainly don't predict any problems in the future for that. No, absolutely not. Now, the Turkish people on the island don't want to join Greece. And Britain doesn't want it to become independent and then join Greece. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Now, you, people, people... This is very much a Homer Simpson in that fame sort of situation. <laughs> so, the, so the thing that happens here is basically communal riots. So a lot of you might remember that Britain, in their colonies, they have these like really horrible banners that they hold up saying, dispersal will shoot in every local language. There are versions of those in Turkish, as it turns oh, out. yeah, baby. Yeah. That's, that's what we like to call internationalism. <laughs> yeah, this is the real <laughs> internationalism, everyone. If, you, if you're not liberally intervening in crown colonies, what are you doing? Anyway, definitely don't look up the Malay emergency and how that relates to Clement Attlee. Don't, just, don't, just don't Google that. Uh, just let everyone pretend Clement Attlee is this sort of hero for founding the NHS. It's fine. Completely fine. No, nothing suspicious there at all. Nothing indicative about the Labour Party's historic role in British imperialism. Anyway, moving on. There have been basically communal disputes on the island pretty much the entire 20th century up to this point. And they're beginning to boil over because, as people are at pains to point out because of the fucking Queen dying, Britain's empire doesn't exist anymore. Which means at some point Cyprus departed the British empire. Which means, I mean, famously, famously, the only two things the British Empire ever did were abolish slavery and then disband peacefully. That's it, yeah. And definitely no need to look at how it disbanded at all. Nah. So there is already quite an intense situation on the island in the 50s. Now, it's going to get more serious as time goes on, but it's beginning to emerge. And I want to put things into a kind of a, kind of a context here. You will recall... That if Turkey joined, oh, sorry, if Cyprus joins Greece, if Turkey joined Greece, this would be a whole other fucking problem. And it's uh, that was the <laughs> that was the entire basis of the first three episodes of the, the podcast. The Ottoman Empire. That is something I've seen someone mod into a paradox game, and I fucking hate it. But that's not the point. the The thing is, the thing that will happen is that Greece will now have a substantial Turkish minority on an island that would be classified as a Greek island. If you'll recall, Turkey and Greece did a mutually assured ethnic cleansing agreement to stop this exact thing from happening. Yeah. Which means Greece kind of, while it wants the island, 
doesn't want Turkish people there. Which means Turkish politicians think if Greece, if Cyprus joins Greece, this is very complicated, that the Greeks are going to do genocide to Turkish people on the island. Right. Which means there's now this massive pressure on Turkish governments from now up until, well, forever, to intervene in the affairs of the island on behalf of the Turkish Cypriots. So, so um, judgmental to assume that the, the other guy is going to do a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of ethnic cleansing just because the two of you have both collectively done a bunch of ethnic cleansing. Yeah, just because you just because you diplomatically agree to do ethnic cleansing doesn't mean a precedent's been set that ethnic cleansing is okay. But what could that what could that possibly mean? And but the British are even but because the British are involved, it's even more fucking complicated because Britain is a supporter of Turkey and Greece joining NATO. But if Turkey and Greece join NATO and one of them declares war on the other, all of the other NATO members have to declare war on the other one. I hate, I hate it when my wife and my girlfriend get to meet. basically basically but the thing the thing is that like turkey and greece kind of under the republican people's party have a good relationship they actually have a good relationship despite the various wars and the fact that like both of the governing factions of the countries well after britain intervenes in the greek civil war to beat the communists anyway not important after that happens they they kind of get on the governments on like on like a diplomatic level the relationship is not too horrible but also, you've just seen this entry of the far right into Turkish electoral politics, and also remember the, court, the, the, the racism trials related to military officers. Gee, might that become a problem later? Who's to say? So, yeah, just bear in mind that things are tense on the international stage for Turkey, particularly on Cyprus. In fact, the Cyprus situation gets so serious that, you know, someone attempts to assassinate a prime minister of Turkey over it. At least that's the, one of the stated hypotheses around. But there you go. That's some Cyprus for you. We're going to be talking about Cyprus a lot uh, in, the, in the coming few episodes. It's going to come up a whole lot. But in 1950, all you need to know is that the British are trying to get the Cypriot people to, to figure out what the fuck they're going to do after they leave the empire. And the Greeks are really angry at the British because they're not saying joining Greece as a legitimate option after they leave. And also the Turkish people are quite angry because they're not saying splitting the island as a legitimate option after they leave. I wonder who will get what they want in the long run. Who's to say? The, the British, I should <laughs> think. Yeah, well, they did get to keep their military base, which was their main objective, so... Ah, oh, that's what's most important. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. This will, this will come up again, but it's important for us to just say that Cyprus is a live issue in politics at this point, and we've just elected a bunch of people whose electoral coalition includes dipshit nationalists. So what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Now, there's the other international element of this, which is that after World War II, something interesting happened. Uh, there's, you guys ever heard of this film? Oh, where did all Com- those Nazis end up? Uh, yeah, where did all... <laughs> yeah. question about that. That is, that is one of those things that, I, that, that, that is probably important to mention. But also, have you guys heard of this thing called communism? No, it sounds really cool. Tell me more. Yeah, so communism... I would like to know more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so communism is this idea that the means of production should be collectively owned by the working class and that we should live in a classless, moneyless society that's stateless. Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm, might note that, you might note that there were still states around. You know, the Soviet Union had a state, and it suddenly found itself in possession of a lot of territory after World War II. 
And so it created a bunch of other states that were communist, at least by name. And there's this little peninsula called Korea. You might think, what the fuck, what the fuck am I talking about Korea for? Well... Yeah, what is Korea? What is Korea? Well, Korea, first of all, people who listen to the bonus episodes will know, Korea is part of Turan. Yeah. It is, it is part of Greater Greater Turkey. Because <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, I've seen many a YouTube map, including specifically North Korea, a lot of the time. But I don't, I don't know. I don't want to comment on that specifically. Well, I, I mean, has anyone, has anyone asked North Korea if they agree with that or not? Uh, I think I've heard Kim Jong-un say, I would like to join the Republic of Turkey many times. But things are hard to verify, you know, yeah. from North Korea. It could be uh, made yeah, up. He said that just after he got that hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> so Korea has this interesting thing going on where there's a gentleman called Kim Il-sung, who's a communist who comes in and forms a communist government in the north of Korea. Maybe we'll call it North Korea. And then this other guy called Syngman Rhee, who forms a right-wing dictatorship in the south of Korea. Maybe we'll call it South Korea. And you'll never guess what happens. The Soviet Union, and China, but the Soviet Union initially, support this government in North Korea. I mean, that's who I would root for. Yeah. And then America, primarily because they're really, really scared Japan's going to turn communist. Which oh, I here, we f- here we fucking go. Guess who they support? They support the right-wing Christian dictator of a country that does not have many Christians in it. Sounds about <laughs> on par. Weird, weird how this keeps happening. Wait, hold on. Was he Christian? I need to double-check that. He was <laughs> Christian. I was right. I remembered this story entirely correctly from my, from my own memory, my own hungover memory. Uh, if you're wondering what uh, what the uh, what the Christian right wing dictator looks like, the asshole shows up image in the chat. <laughs> but yes, there he is. Uh, yeah, that's that. He just looks like a kindly old man. What could be wrong with this guy? Uh, a lot, as it turns out. He he was he was he was the president of Korea for twelve years. What a long time. Yeah, he yeah. must have been popular. Yeah, that's right. I mean. Uh, some people will note that Mustafa Kemal was president for 15 years until his death, but you know, and never held any free and fair elections in the meantime. Just a, just a good run of luck, I imagine. Yeah, there's just this type of guy that seems to exist in um, <laughs> that seems to exist in this time period. Although this one's explicitly supported by America. Here's what happens: uh, this this thing happens where a bunch of weapons get funneled into an area where there are two conflicting. Governments claiming to own the same piece of land. Oh, they just they just emerge fully formed out of the ground, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then a war happens between the two. Isn't that interesting? How how that happens, and how and how like funneling weapons into this conflict where two people claim to own the same amount of land seems to both intensify and prolong the conflict. Anyway, we'll talk more about the Korean War in specific terms in the bonus, alongside some anecdotes from my granddad, who was in the Korean War. That makes it sound like he was a mercenary. He wasn't. He was just sent as a, as a what was he? He was a minesweeper. So he was, he was the one. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, like, you know. I mean, it makes, it makes a change from his later career, which is uh, being, a dr- being the drill sergeant a, from every... A solitaire. St- <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was a drill sergeant. He was every drill sergeant from a film involving the military screaming at the recruits. Which I think, well, which I someone, think someone's got to do it. Yeah. 
he was quite good at it, as it turns out. So, uh, here we go. Turkish, so Turkish Ali Ermi. <laughs> oh, he would have hated that. I'm g- <laughs> <laughs> so, you might be wondering, well, what the fuck does this have to do with Turkey? How's Turkey involved? Well, I kind of gave it away. But did, it just so- feel, did it just feel like Sean up? Yeah, I guess, but the Soviet Union is big mad at Turkey, remember? They're really yeah. angry at them. And the Soviet Union is, I don't know if people realise this, quite big, and has a lot of soldiers in it. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, if, you, if you compare Turkey to the Soviet Union, one is clearly bigger than the other. And then you include all the Warsaw Pact countries. I mean... Yeah, well, it, what history really needed was a wide Turkey. That's right. <laughs> Just like wide Bolsonaro. I mean, but yeah, the... The Soviet Union is really big and does have like a lot of soldiers, but it can be defeated by plucky Ukraine. Mm. We have a situation where we don't have wide Turkey, but we have Turkey, which is already quite wide as a country, as it turns out. It's quite an unreasonably wide well, country. Well, yeah, it spans about two-thirds of the globe from the maps I've seen. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Including a lot of Russia. <laughs> well, you know what <laughs> they say, the sun never sets on Turkey. That's it. That is the old expression, I believe, yes. But... What happens is, because the Soviet Union have picked a side in Korea and Turkey wants to join NATO, well, Turkey's got this bright idea. What if they intervene in Korea on the side of the American-backed government? What if that? But they need an excuse to, right? Because Turkey, we'll recall, is a constitutionally neutral country at this point. It cannot be on the side of a military conflict. On any side, what makes a nation turn neutral? Yes, most of cowardice and the desire to sell chromite to the Nazis. (laughs) In this case, yeah, very very neutral things to do, like selling (laughs) material to Nazis. So the UN passed a resolution that basically says, "Well, we need to. My goodness, we need to keep the peace in Korea. Have you seen this? We need to immediately pile in a bunch of foreign soldiers into this war to stabilize the situation." I I de- I detect the subtle overtones of American influence here. Yeah, like of course everyone knows that the act of piling in a bunch of foreign troops into an active conflict zone with no remit to actually keep peace is a really good idea and regularly de-escalates conflicts. Yeah. Regularly de-escalates them. So America decides to answer everybody, the everybody everybody famously just stops fighting when the asshole shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So America shows up. And Turkey decides, well, why don't we lend the Americans a brigade? And so is born the Turkish Brigade. The commander of the Turkish Brigade actually took a demotion so that he could specifically go and fight communists in Korea. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding, that's true. So that's, that's happened. And now there's a lot of shenanigans involving the Turkish Brigade that some are best saved for the, for the bonus episode. But I will point out the main one, and one that my granddad in, in really impressed on me when he talked about some of the clownish antics that went on. None of the Turkish soldiers spoke English. And they were under the command of the Americans. Well, that sounds... I mean, what are the Americans going to say that you've re- that's really worth hearing, to be fair? Well, yeah, but also, you need to, like, coordinate with people you're in an army with? I'm, I'm led to understand that. Ah, that sounds, that sounds fake and made up to me. Sounds like communism, actually. Yeah, just turn, just turn up and... Just turn up and do your own thing, and I'm sure everything will work out. Well, you'll be surprised to know that the Turkish Brigade, I will mention one very specific incident, did turn up and do their own thing. And the problem is that the Turkish soldiers did not understand the difference between the different careers, 
and did not understand the difference between Chinese people and Korean people. I mean, this sounds incredibly on brand. Now, I, now, admittedly, official records perhaps downplay the number of these incidents, but there were a significant number of accidental friendly fire incidents where the Turkish brigade attacked its allies. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you put like the, the Turkish brigade in a country, they're going to try and do a genocide, you know, just, just, to, just to feel alive, you know? Yeah, it's, it's their <laughs> bring culture. A li- bring, and- a little p- bring a little piece of home with you. But yeah, obviously now I mentioned Chinese soldiers. Now I will explain. This did not de-escalate things. China eventually get involved. So we actually technically have a war between America and China happening in Korea. Uh-oh, is this a proxy war between two or three major global powers? Yeah, isn't Oops. that interesting? Oopsie, how could this happen? Now, yeah. I, I'm, sure it was, I'm sure it was a fluke, though, and didn't just happen repeatedly yeah, I, over I the entire s- course of the 20th century. I will say that the American general in charge of the Korean forces is a lunatic and a gentleman by the name of Douglas MacArthur, who at the time was moonlighting as the general commander of the forces in Korea, while also being the dictator of Japan. I mean... <laughs> he gets around. Yeah. yeah. And he suggested... Douglas, he- Douglas MacArthur sounds like he invented whatever the 50s equivalent of antivirus software would be. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was it Douglas MacArthur? I, I'm trying to remember all the names at once. It was Douglas MacArthur. Now he, now, he does this interesting thing where he suggests to the American president at the time, when China gets involved, that he should simply nuke China. I <laughs> <laughs> would simply drop a nuclear weapon on mainland China. Yep, that's it. That's literally... That was the depth of the genius at play here. So it's a, probably a minor miracle that everyone survived this, to be honest. Like, yeah, well, it's that it's that theory about like how um, the reason the world today is so like fucked up and insane is because every single like time we were like every every single time the odds of like a nuclear fucking Armageddon killing everyone were like so high as to be almost unavoidable. Like every normal universe, like in the in like the fucking you know the the multiverse got wiped out, and we're the, we're just the fucking insane outlier at the end. <laughs> where the, the like the the least likely stuff just keeps happening. Yeah. So what wow. you're telling me is we're the stupidest permutation of everything. Yes. That does make a lot of sense, though. It does, doesn't honest. it? And I I hate that it does. Now I do I did want to talk about two people today, but we've mostly been chatting shit today. So yeah. I'm going to keep it brief on these it's, two. It, people. There's a very there's a very last day of school vibe in here today. Yeah, there's a very the teacher is fucking disastrously hungover. <laughs> vibe to it but you know and, and actually they're, I w- they're building a vhs player and we're gonna watch what movie from turkey <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch turkish et we will be watching turkish <laughs> et for the podcast I, I promise you that uh we will be watching nice. it so there is this other thing that happens which is how did turkey get around you know this being neutral and joining a war well it's because get this korea was a police action not a war so Turkey went as police to be cops, basically. Oh, One I mean, weird you can make trick. anything sound like anything with words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was initially they, a police action, so it was fine. Were they, by any chance, welcomed as liberators? Uh, no. Uh, kind of a shocking thing. It'll, it'll work eventually. we just got to keep giving it, giving it chances. Yeah. So I did, I did want to talk about two people, one of whom we talked about a little bit, and the other one is kind of going to be a new name for people. Because I just kind of threw him in at the last, at the end of the last episode. Oh, I so, hope it's Mr. Blobby. No, uh, <sighs> Turkish Mr. Blobby is a fucking curse concept as well. 
Do they have? Do they have a Turkish Mister Blobby? No, I don't want to look. I don't want to fucking Google that. Uh, <laughs> don't Jamie. Fight, Jamie. Jamie, you've heard of this gentleman called Jalal Bayar, right? Yeah, that rings yeah, a bell. That rings a bell. Good. You're remembering stuff that isn't BAP, which is a good good sign for your faculty. Okay, now all I'm thinking about is BAP. Sorry. Yeah, BAP, BAP is fucking so good. We need to we need to actually BAP get is a shop. Bapping. We need to get a shop so we can sell BAP stickers. That's what we need to do. Yeah. But this is what Jalal Bayar looks like. Oh, you remember I was talking about that YouTube thumbnail with bald on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jalal Bayar is, uh, he was a member of the Republican People's Party, would you believe? He was actually Prime Minister of Turkey for a little bit under Mustafa Kemal. Long-time listeners will recall Mustafa Kemal was kind of mad at Ismet Inonu because he wasn't doing economic liberalism after the Great Depression. So, so the conversation, I imagine, went something like this, which is, Ismet, you know, I, I'm a big fan of economic liberalism. Are we going to ever do that, or are we just going to do statism? He's like, we're just going to do statism. It works, you know. Yeah. It turns out having a planned economy, quite good and quite resilient. Um, so we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna do free markets if I'm in charge. Have you cons- have you considered setting your your currency on fire just to like so your mate can buy a ninth house? Yeah, yeah, that's quite like quite in the vogue at the moment. Have you considered meeting with a bunch of investment bankers, showing that you're a complete and utter lunatic, and so they bet against you and then crashing your currency so they all make a fucking mint? Yeah, I mean it sounds it sounds like a bad idea. But then you get invited to all kinds of good parties, so who's to say if it's like right or wrong? And who's to say whether crashing your currency when your primary export is financial services, an industry that relies on having a strong currency, is a good idea or not? I couldn't tell you, everyone. So, yeah. We, we were elected into government not to suffer consequences, but to inflict them. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Jal Bayar, he was the leader of what we might call the liberal faction within the Republican People's Party, the people who wanted to do liberalism were a bit socially conservative and were, um, you know, they were, they were just kind of guys who wanted to be centre-right European political parties. But because Turkey is so utterly deranged and incapable of having a normal centre-right party, the Democrat Party ended up being a right-wing populist party who said, no, we can in fact do the racism better, also free markets. So they became I, a Tory that's... party. That sounds a lot like liberalism. Yeah. They became a Tory party. Now, the thing about Jalal Bayar that's interesting is that he was in this little-known political party called the Committee of Union and Progress. That's another fucking name alert. Yeah, you might know the, you might know the leaders of the Committee of Union and Progress by a different name. The Young Turks. <laughs> and you might, you might suddenly in your head have the year 1915 flashing in your brain for some reason. Well, I was wondering why that was happening. Yeah. What what was the uh, what was what was the acronym for that party in Turkish? Did, oh. Like what what I'm trying to establish is did they deliberately pick a, a party name that spelled coup? Uh, so in Turkish it would be ITF. I would adopt TF. All oh, right. İttihad ve Terakkı Now that's in Ottoman Turkish, so I probably said it wrong. And also, you might notice İttihad and Etihad sound the same. Uh, that's because it's the same word. Uh, so there you go. So that so actually technically Manchester City playing in the in the Committee of Union and Progress Stadium. Very very unusual choice for them, I have to say. They are the genocide party. Now, admittedly, <laughs> Jalal Bayar had a had a sli- he actually founded a militia on behalf of the genocide party to to sort of help the military coup they did along. And he that was actually like a bunch of guys. Yeah, he yeah. sounds like a real go-getter. Yeah. 
And he was actually the one of the key architects of their economic policy called the national economy. I do not li- I do not like how they're just appending the word nation or national to just every single fucking thing. Yes, because he was also a member of something called the Special Organization. A- another name. <laughs> yeah, another name, which I think I've mentioned the Special Organization before, but in case people don't know, it was a paramilitary organization, and it was a par- paramilitary organization that was primarily responsible for the Armenian genocide. <sighs> but... He specifically is implicated in the special organization's operation to deliberately mug and rob Ottoman Greeks and tr- to get them to leave the country and go to Greece. Yeah. But also he opened a school for girls in his home Oh, city. well, there you go. So then, who's to say whether yeah. he's good yeah. or bad? That's it. He so saved, he, he saved it say. at the end. Yeah. So he does play a role in the War of Independence. Obviously he would because he's this guy. And he's a- he actually started one of the first resistant movements, resistance movements to the Greek army occupying, uh, occupying Izmir. And he actually founded an organization that was like, uh, which in English is, has sort of a very funny name, which is the Association for the Cancellation of Izmir's Annexation. <laughs> so cancel culture, in fact, began in 1920. So um, Turkey's at the forefront of all cultural evolution. So I'm telling you. To say. I'm telling you, yeah. And he was actually briefly a member of the Turkish Communist Party. Uh, sorry, I should, I should be specific. The Communist Party of Turkey, brackets official. Oh, oh, that's how you know they're the real deal then. Yeah, the, the, one that, <laughs> the one that Mustafa Kemal started that he was also the leader of in order to trick the Soviet Union into giving him money. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he was... Um, yeah, he actually founded several of Turkey's banks. He's a banker. He ends up being the prime minister briefly so that he can do what basically amounted to a massive liberalization program on austerity. But it turned out that that was disgustingly unpopular and then Mustafa Kemal died. So all of that. Ha- and then Ismail Inonu became president <laughs> and, he, and then he sacked this cunt and got in his own guy who was also very incompetent. But at least he was sort of a statist incompetent. And in fact, he, um, he pissed off the party by voting against the budget. Uh, which is one of the reasons why he, uh, he got sort of catapulted out of the party briefly. And he ends up founding this Democrat party. Now, a person with this character leading this kind of party probably means we're in for some interesting times ahead. And I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not spoiling it. We, we do love interesting times. Yeah, we do love to live in interesting chi- times. I believe that's not a curse. The Chinese do not say that to people as a curse. I believe that's meant sincerely. But that's, that's, you know, I'm sure that'll be fine. I'm not going to spoil it because we try, I try to give you them as they are at the time we're at. Before all of the stuff really goes on. Now, the other one is, uh, you won't have, I won't have mentioned him, is a guy called Adnan Menderes. He is the first non-military prime minister of Turkey. He's the first one without a military background. <laughs> We, we always love our first non-military uh, politician to be in yep. charge. Yeah, our first non-military politician. There's a picture of him. Uh, yeah, that he's very smooth-faced. Hearts of Iron actually make him look insufficiently smooth, which I find kind of funny. Um, now, he does have he does have like 1940s character actor vibes. Yeah. Now he is the son. Now, get, oh, imagine this. Imagine a member of a center-right liberal party that's also racist. 
Imagine if I told you he was the son of a wealthy landowner. That's impossible, surely. Yeah. And he, so he didn't have like a military officer position. He was just sort of one of the people who fought in the independence war as a sort of guy who got handed a gun. At least that's what I've understood from the background here. He's, yeah, he's, um, he's an interesting guy. He has a mausoleum now. Uh, you can imagine that that was not, uh, that was not the case after he was, uh, after he left office for a lot of reasons. And he actually, his political background is he joined the Liberal Republican Party, that party that got asked to shut down and so it did. And what happens is Ataturk saw this guy and he was like, you know what, I think this guy has a future and I want you to join my party, the Republican People's Party, to, uh, to counteract all of this nationalization and statism going on in my own party. And the main, the main thing about him is that he is one of the instigators of this motion for more political freedom. He ends up getting kicked out of the party, and he ends up being one of the co-founders of the Democrat Party. <laughs> There's one thing that I've been learning today, it's that Turkish politicians just chop and change parties all the time. Oh yeah, like defections are super common. Um, there was, you know, people who were like, who got prevented from being uh, presidential candidates will just start their own party. Uh... <laughs> People will start parties to troll other people, as in the case honest, of that. Honest to God, the true, the true Change UK that Change UK could never even amount to. Yeah, BAP were fucking spectacular. It was such a good bit. And also based yeah. on what might have turned out to be a lie, <laughs> which I, I find particularly amazing. Now, what if I told you that people from these backgrounds were responsible for the rise of uh, the beginning of the rise of an authoritarian streak in Turkey, just after we started having free and fair elections. What, what, wow. How could that happen? How could this happen? And basically the foreign policy here from Adnan Menderes and Jalal Bayar is going to be, we would like to join NATO, please, because we're scared of the Soviet Union, and also we will sell you bits of our economy to do it. That's a the fucking classic... bitch-made attitude there. There you go, yeah. Classic... Classic Adnan Menderes. Now, I'm not going to tell you about Adnan Menderes's ultimate fate because uh, that would be spoiling it. I want, I want yeah. to get, I want to get us there gradually. I want, to, I want us to, I want us to feel the. the I, you're going to be able to tell what's going to happen as I describe the the the mess, the shit fest that the country becomes. You're going to see what happens. But yeah. Those are our two new main characters, basically, for the next few episodes. We've got two new main characters. We've got Bald, and we've got Unusually Smooth. <laughs> and two he sides is, of the same coin. Yeah, and Unusually Smooth in the brain area, too, I've been told. So, there you go. We've got two new characters. We've got Cyprus off in the corner preparing to explode. We've got a president who, has a, who was personally involved in genocide. It's all fine. How could it be a problem? I also just realized that he was, that Jalal Bayar was employed in Deutsche Orient Bank. Which. That, that sounds <laughs> like a nice, fun thing. Presumably doesn't uh, exist anymore. Um, I, I can't imagine that exists anymore. Um, there's also a website called jalalbayar.org. I, I certainly think that when a, a politician works in a bank, that, that always leads to good things. Yeah, absolutely fine, not a problem. And yeah, Jalal Bayar is very, very keen on improving Turkey's relationship with the Western bloc. In fact, he, uh, he becomes 
Turkey's first president to make an official visit to the US, which kind of puts the other two before him in good light, compar comparatively. Simply do not visit the great Satan, folks. But yeah, now begins, now begins the very stark pro-American turn, and also uh, a series of, a series of crises that will be entirely of their own making. In spite of its faults, I've been quite enjoying this story about Turkey until this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I was painting a really positive and enthusiastic picture of the place. And now it's gone wrong. I mean, the fact that they were vaguely, like, accountable to the Soviet Union made them sound slightly better than the rest of the shit that was going on in this period, so... Yeah, but it turned out, uh, you know... Things can and always will get worse. And that's a, that's a theme going through this, everyone. I want everyone to understand that things are going to get worse and worse and worse as we go through. And maybe a little better briefly, but mostly worse. Turkey really was the original Britain, in a way. <laughs> I've always saying it. I'm always saying it. These two countries, the same. But everyone, I think we're going to leave us there before we really get into the sort of deep shit of what the fuck these guys actually did in the 50s, and whether we think the background of one of these guys might have contributed to the problem. Well, I'm going to say yes, just on, a, just on a hunch. Yeah, well, let's not spoil too much. Let's not give too much away. So Alistair, and I guess Jamie technically, uh, where can we find you all? Uh, where, where's the place we can listen to more of you guys? Uh, well, you can check us out on uh, Podbean, that's uh, practicecast.podbean.com, or you can find us on Patreon if you want to get a few of our bonus episodes. Uh, that's, uh, if I can remember what the URL is, that is patreon.com forward slash practicecast. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, it's at Balistari, B-A-L-L-I-S-T-A-R-I. Uh, yeah, and that's that's it really. Uh, and we stream as well, twitch.com forward slash practicecast. Yeah, and we and uh, yeah. If you want to catch us on the bonus episode, which we're going to record, which will include many family anecdotes, there will be family anecdotes in the next one. Uh, you should check out our uh, Patreon, which I've completely forgotten the name of. Uh, is it Patreon.com/slash/Peace at Home? Wow, we really nailed that name. If we could get pay we could get just Peace at Home. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, all of the tiers get access to the bonus episodes. I almost read out my Patreon for the other stuff, which would have been a hell of a power move on my part to advertise <laughs> that here. Uh, <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, check out my Patreon for my YouTube videos. Uh, yeah, definitely do that as well. I actually do do that as well, just as a separate thing. But anyway, we're off to record the bonus episode. I'm going to tell you all about the Korean War in some detail and tell you some choice stories from my grandfather, including what happened when he went to Japan on his way to Korea. And what marvellous invention he saw that fucking blew his mind. You're not, you're not going to believe it. Was it a cat girl? No. Although, I really dread to think if it was the case. Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we'll catch you on that, everyone. See ya. Yeah. See ya. Cheers, bye-bye.